Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So Revelation, this is not a book that we like to talk about very often as Lutherans, right? Right? Did you know that there was a book in the Bible called Revelation? Is that how little we talk about it, right? Now, there are some who have written books or series of books about their interpretation of Revelation. Others have made movies and others stand on street corners proclaiming that the end of the world is coming and you must repent from your heathen ways or else. Right? Have you heard these street preachers? Yeah, I've heard them all the time on college campuses, right? But still others write hymns about Revelation. There are 89 hymns in that hymnal in front of you that we very rarely pick up, but there are 89 hymns inside that hymnal that make reference to Revelation. And they're not ones we probably don't know. Come thou fount of every blessing. Come thou fount of every blessing. Does it ring a bell now? Right? Okay. Um, shall we gather at the river, which it will ring a bell as soon as I stop talking because we're singing it right after the sermon. Um, my Lord, what a morning. My Lord, what a morning. My Lord, what a morning. Oh, my Lord, what a morning. When the stars begin to fall. That one doesn't ring as much of a bell. Okay. Um, soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. When peace like a river, it is well with my soul. That one probably rings a bell. What wondrous love is this? It's an old Appalachian tune about the love that God has for us. There are lots of hymns inside our hymnal or inside our hearts that come from Revelation. Now, for the most part, we don't like to talk about the images in Revelation because they might scare us or they are hard to understand. 
And it's hard to talk about the images in those songs, too. But something happens when we put music to it. Because when we sing hymns like, or songs like, My Lord, what a morning, when the stars begin to fall, I don't know, if I would be scared if the stars started falling out of the sky. Would you be scared if the stars started falling out of the sky? Right? This is scary. But something happens when we put music to us, to it, to those words. Because it seems like we are singing these words as a way of worshiping God when it feels like the world is crumbling around us. Singing songs helps us stand as witnesses to a God who is active and present even when it feels like things are spinning out of control and the stars are falling out of the sky. Now, I learned a lot of these hymns or songs when I was little. I mean, little, little. Because I would listen to my grandparents hum them while they went out into the fields and harvested green beans or whenever they were inside uh, stringing all of the beans. I mean, we had gallons of beans. So while you're sitting there stringing beans, have you ever strung beans? It's the world's most boring task. So what you do, you hum hymns. I also learned them while I was crawling around under the big quilting tables. You know how you sometimes make a quilt and you have a big thing, whatever. It has a nice word for it. But you put a quilt on it and you can get in between it and put needles up. So it would be under a frame? It's a frame. I don't quilt, so I don't know. So anyways, quilts would be on frames. And the quilting ladies would push the needle too far down. So I would be under it to push the needle back up. This is the job you can give a five-year-old. Um, But they would be humming or singing these songs all morning long. Over and over again, I heard them till these were in my blood. And then I would hum and sing them all the time. Like senior year of seminary, I remember sitting in the library trying to write a paper with some of my friends. And one of my friends had twins March of senior year. It's the worst time to have twins. And so I would be sitting there trying to type a paragraph with one hand, holding a new baby in this hand, trying to feed it, right? Because you need four arms when you're trying to do all these things. And the baby was fussing. And so we started to sing these hymns. Because these are the ones that the words we know. I sang them when tensions and emotions were high during family meetings when I worked at a hospital I've sang them with families as they said goodbye to their loved ones. See, even when spoken words failed to come, these songs did. In the pit where it seems like life cannot get any worse or we are not able to bear the weight of what is happening to us, these songs come. Even if the words are lost, the tune will come. Because the hope that these songs proclaim refuses to be squelched. Because we are a people who proclaim that hope has the final word.
Now, when we sing, some of us in key, some of us not in key, it happens. But when we sing, our voices are joined with others who are singing with us. Joined with those who have sung these songs before and joined to those who will sing these songs in the future. We sing for those who are so burdened that they cannot get the words out or cannot get the tune out. We sing them to bring life back to our broken hearts as we remember the ones who taught us these words. See, we are united together in the singing of these songs as a way of proclaiming light and hope in the midst of darkness and brokenness. And that's not just true of music. That is true of every part of our worship together. We pray with others who are praying now, and we pray for those who cannot form prayers now. We confess our faith for those who cannot confess any faith right now. We receive communion with the saints who we have loved who are gathered together at the heavenly banquet. Today, on All Saints Sunday, this day draws all of these connections to the forefront to remind us of our connections to one another as saints of God. Today, we remember those who have shared their faith with us and have then gone on ahead of us. Their connection to us and our connection to them remains partly because of the memories we have of them. But more importantly, that connection remains because of the shared waters of our baptisms that unites us with them and with all of the saints. Because it's in that act, in that sacrament, that we are declared to be children of God. Where we are declared to be a saint and a sinner all at the same time. Where we are claimed as beloved and blessed by God. A truth that remains constant no matter what happens to us or what we do in our lives. Claimed as saints, we are reminded that we are blessed when we are poor in spirit and when we mourn and when we are meek and when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, when we show mercy, when we are pure in heart, when we act for peace, when we are persecuted for righteousness' sake for the kingdom of heaven. See, remembering the witness of the other saints in our lives allows us to continue to hold them close in our hearts. Because they are reminders to us that God has been present in our lives. And that in all of our circumstances, we are called blessed by the one who has shared forgiveness and love with the world. Amen.